Jesus resisted le religious leaders because they were teaching commandments of men. And that's what polygamy is. Next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? We are tackling the huge challenge of reviewing a book that contains many sermons and talks that the founder and prophet of the AUB Polygamy Group gave during his tenure as the Polygamy Group's leader, Rulin Allred. This is part three, and we're pointing out many of the unbiblical teachings in his talks, showing that they are just doctrines of men. The scripture that we would like to apply to this whole series is found in Isaiah chapter 2, verse 22. And Karen is going to read that for us. Isaiah 2, 22. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath, for of what account is he? So why are we, are they, or we used to too, uh, trust mere man for our eternity. Why? He can die any moment um, when God takes his breath away, but God never dies. He stays the same throughout eternity. So why not just trust the Creator? And the Creator has offered his wisdom and his truth to his creatures, which is what we are. And that's where we're supposed to go uh, to find, to know his way and his will is his word. The verse tells us to stop trusting in men who depend upon God for his very breath. But Mormonism regards men on a higher level than ever they should. Now, the Mormon religion has set aside the commandments of God and replaced them with the commandments of man. And we've talked about this before. This is part three of the series. They have turned biblical grace into salvation earned by works. Polygamists have created a gospel of polygamy when God instituted monogamy. And they insist upon sacrificing for God and thus marginalizing his sacrifice for us. The book of sermons that we're reviewing is entitled Treasures of Knowledge, Selected Discourses, and Excerpts from Talks by Rulin C. Allred. And of course, Allred was considered a prophet. This is the group you were from. Yes. And you you know all about and his teachings. We loved and admired our... Loved and admired I, I the mean, leader. He, we worshipped him. Mm-hmm. More or less, yeah, as all polygamy groups worship their leaders like mm -hmm. that. And, but his teachers, along with the teachings in the other polygamy groups, fall into the category that Ezekiel warned the people about in these next scriptures. So Ezekiel 13, 3 says, Thus say, says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Ezekiel 13:9 My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who give lying divinations. Ezekiel 22:28 And her prophets have smeared whitewash for them, seeing false visions and divining lies for them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord God hath not spoken. Okay? And that's what the prophets of these Mormon factions all fall into false prophets describing things that God never really said and and it's the contemporary doctrine of Mormonism so we're going to begin part three of our discussion of Rulin Allred's sermon and we're going to take an excerpt out of this one so in 1841 this is Rulin speaking right mm -hmm. so in 1841 42 and 43 
The doctrine, polygamy, was continuously referred to by the prophet Joseph, along with the salvation of the dead, baptism for the dead, and the endowments for the dead, the turning of the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the children to the fathers. These great two things were touched upon, perhaps more in his discourses and in his writings than anything else in those closing years of his life. We find he had 35 other wives sealed to him during his remaining years of life. The prophet had at least 56 wives. He was here in the, that, that was sealed here in the flip, or sorry. The prophet had at least 56 wives while he was here in the flesh, and there had been another 200 or more sealed to him since that time. Wow. A man who stands in his position in celestial glory, there is not one of those wives who will not only honor him as Lord, but look upon him as a shining light and as a God and literally worship him. Because if there ever was a man who walked this earth who was pure and holy and good, there was none who excelled him, except it be Christ and Father Adam. Okay, now. So that was uh, Treasures of Knowledge. That was from his book, and that was one of the sermons that Roland Allred gave, and there's a lot wrong in what he said here. Uh, the teachings of men can be binding and enslaving, while the, the teaching of God is freeing and rejoicing. We pointed yes. out last time that Joseph Smith is not and cannot even be a god, and he's not now being worshipped by hundreds of women in Mormon celestial glory, despite what Roland Allred or anyone else claims, because the Bible teaches differently. As you can see, Mormonism's leaders revere Joseph Smith as being pure, holy, and good. And notice that they that he there also placed Adam as being equal with Jesus, as having excelled all other humans in history. Mm-hmm. With this comes their belief that Brigham Young taught that Adam is God. Yes. But that can't be. God created Adam. Adam was a sinner. Was God a sinner? Adam disobeyed God. He was a rebel. He is not and cannot be our God. We read Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. What does all mean? Everyone. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Every every create creature, every human being has sinned, and it includes Adam. Everybody. We also want to quote from Hosea and 1 Corinthians. But like Adam, they transgressed the covenant. They there they dealt faithlessly with me. 1 Corinthians 15:22 For as in Adam all die and also in Christ shall all be made alive. So Adam broke the covenant. It says so. Adam broke the covenant. He obeyed the serpent and disobeyed God. Adam is synonymous with death's entrance into God's perfect creation and he's equal with Jesus. He's God. If your God is Adam, your God is an unholy sinner and a covenant breaker, and you're in big trouble because he may break a covenant you think he might have made with you. How can you trust a covenant breaker? Adam is not God or a God. He is a creature created by the Creator who is the only God. As we go through his sermons, we find that so many comments and beliefs that are just not biblically based All read sermons contradicts God's word. Of course, you didn't know it at the time you were sitting under his teachings. 
Historically, in Mormon polygamy, old men take young girls as plural wives. We quote from page nine where Allred is talking about his grandfather. The day he signed the manifesto, my grandfather, Byron Harvey Allred Sr., came with his two wives to Salt Lake City and heard the manifesto accept, accepted in conference. With them, they had a young lady, 21 years of age. She had promised to enter into grandfather's family. In fact, she loved him very much, and the two senior wives wanted her with all their hearts and souls. Uh, I doubt that. Be because they, they loved the Lord and His laws. When this happened, they were all in tears. Poor guy, couldn't take that 21-year-old to bed. That's what he's saying. They were all in tears. Ruland's grandfather already had two older wives, mm -hmm. was distressed because he couldn't take this third wife who was only 21 years old. I think old. they still took her, actually. Oh, they probably I did. They, they didn't did. pay any attention to the, the manifesto. Is, they just went to Mexico and had her sealed. Yeah, yeah. There, there was hundreds of, of uh, polygamous marriages done after the 1890 manifesto. Yeah, I'll have to check that, but I, I yeah. think they still got married. They probably still did. Uh, but this is perversion. <laughs> it, it is perversion, sexual perversion. Yet the Mormon church's history is packed with this kinds of stories mm -hmm. by Joseph Smith and Brigham Young and John Taylor and Heber Kimball and Orson Pratt and many unknowns, these old men marrying these young, innocent girls because they say God said so. And it's still happening today. Too. Yeah, it still happens today. But they're just commandments of men. Anybody can say God said. Anybody can say that. But that doesn't make it true. Here's a historical event from the early days of Mormon polygamy, another quote from one of Allred's sermons. It mattered not if a man was 70 years of age. According to Brigham Young, he was still a boy. The brethren are all boys until they are 100 years old. And some young girl of 16, 15, or even younger would be counseled, that is, commanded to marry him. She might even have a sister no older than herself. And then, as likely as not, he would take to the two to wife. And very probably both on the same day. That happened many times. The girls warned that to marry a young man was not a safe thing, for young men were not tried. It was better to marry a, a well-tested patriarch, and then their chances of exaltation in the kingdom of heaven were sure and certain. In, it, in these in this way, the lifelong happiness of many girls, little more than a child, was blighted forever. <laughs> at, at that, let's see, at the time of which I speak, every unmarried woman or girl who could by the utmost stretch of possibility be thought old enough to marry was forced to find a husband or a husband was immediately found for her and without any regards to her wishes was forced upon her. Now, I erroneously said this was one of his sermons. It's not. This is taken from Fanny Stenhouse right. telling about the way they married younger girls in the early days of Mormonism. Right. That's um, And that, like you said, they still do it today. The polygamy groups still do it today. Now, the root produces the fruit. Mm -hmm. We just read the root. And, there, and, and, and that's where we have it. Uh, Rulon Allred's religious ideas melded in with these actions of polygamy, of pioneer Mormonism. And how can they be so blind as, as, as to claim this behavior pleases God? Even, you know, even that, I, 
they may be spiritually blinded, but they can't believe that. Not really, not deep down. Uh, or even worse, that God commanded it. That God commanded that kind of behavior. And, and not just Rulin, all red condoned and embraced this behavior. All of Mormon polygamy. All the polygamy groups do it. Old men marrying young girls. On page 16 of his book, there's a fireside chat that's recorded where Rulin Allred is asked questions and his answers are given. And when you read it, if you know your Bible, it's easy to recognize the heresies that he taught his followers. One of them asked if, when Jesus was bodily resurrected, did he have blood in his veins? Allred's answer is no. He had flesh and bones, but no blood. Well, how does he know that? <laughs> Bible doesn't say that. It may or may not be true, but we just don't know because God hasn't revealed that information to us. But he dogmatically gave an answer that he had no way of proving or disproving. And the Bible doesn't. Uh, and the Bible does tell us not to go beyond what is written. And the answer to that is not written in the Bible. Another topic during this fireside chat is the discussion of baptism for the dead. They call it work for the dead. By the way, we're not saved by works. <laughs> A basic foundational belief in all of Mormonism is baptism for the dead. And this is what Allred said. We are instructed to do the work back to the time of Christ. And those who were living at that time of Christ for a hundred years or more knew the gospel principles and did not work and did the work for the dead. And it is for this reason that we find Paul's or Paul writing in Corinthians, if the dead rise not at all, then, or why then are they baptized for the dead? I'll read that last sentence again. Why then are, why then are ye, ye baptized for baptized the dead? Sorry. For the dead. Now, that's important simply because he misquoted that verse. Rulin Allred did, was not honest in his quote of that burden. That's deceptive. Now, first of all, there's no instruction in either the Book of Mormon or the Bible for the living to be baptized for dead people. In fact, both books are opposed to second chances after death. But the worst is that Allred misquoted the verse in Corinthians. He said, and I quote again, If the dead rise not at all, why then are ye baptized for the dead? That's what Allred said, 1 Corinthians says. But the King James Bible doesn't say it that way. It says... Else what else shall they do which are baptized for the dead if the dead rise not at all? Why are they then baptized for the dead? Now this is very important because misquoting scriptures can be doctrinally deadly. But let's look at the word ye that Allred used. It is a Shakespearean pronoun and is a pronoun addressing a group of persons or things. The actual verse, however, asks why are they baptized for the dead? Not we, not ye, not us, but they, other people, not Christians. Baptism for the dead is not a biblical mandate, nor is it a Christian activity. In fact, it's necromancy, which is prohibited and condemned by God. By the way, I went into the Joseph Smith translation, and he did not change that verse from what the King James says. So Allred was wrong all the way around it. <laughs> now, as I mentioned briefly earlier, they call it work for the dead, which is supposed to save the dead. But the Bible clearly tells us we're not saved by works, not works of any kind. And the point being that misquoting the Bible in order to promote a false doctrine is deceiving. 
And if you don't know your Bible, you will be deceived. And Mormonism proves the success of that deception. Allred then discusses the prohibition of the Mormon priesthood to the blacks. Even though the LDS Church has dropped their racist position, the polygamy groups continue with their racist ideas. And of course, the Book of Mormon has a lot of racist passages. Here's part of what he said about that. God said that those who kept not their first estate could not have glory with those who kept their first estate. There is a difference in glory. The white race and the negroid race, and they don't have that glory. Now, can you see what he's doing there? And of course, you were raised under that doctrine from the All Red Group. Yes. And I was raised under it in the Kingston Group. The FLDS was. They, they, they sat on the fence. Mm-hmm. They didn't get, yeah. And, and because they sat on the fence. They got cursed. They, they were cursed and born with black skin. Mm-hmm. And they, couldn't, they wouldn't have a chance for exaltation. But that's not biblical. Oh, absolutely <laughs> not. God's very clear. I mean, it's gut-wrenching now to read some of these verses oh, yeah. of, of how they teach about different races. Uh, when God is the creator of all, the, the, actually there's only one race, it's the human race. And God's the creator of all of mankind, no matter what the color our skin is or, or where we live or color of hair, what it doesn't matter. And yet here they're making God into somebody who's terrible and racist. And it's oh, yes. sad. It's gut-wrenching. It's wrong. It'd be hard uh, to hear that as a black person. Oh, you know? I, I still never understand how the Mormon church can get black converts now based on their background, but mm-hmm. they do. Um, now, I don't know how you were taught about this. I know the FLDS were taught, as well as the Kingston groups, that God actually loves polygamous more than he loves the rest of humanity, that he picked us special to live this high principle of polygamy of yes, his we kingdom. we were chosen of God, and, um, you know, I, they didn't come right out and say that, that we were better than everyone else, but it was just given. Mm-hmm. That's just everything. You always felt that because mm-hmm. we, we had our own culture, our own community. We didn't like to go out to the outside world. And everybody on the outside world was worse off than you, was worse than you. Yeah. yeah. And we were actually very privileged being yeah. of the seed of Ephraim mm-hmm. or the blood of Ephraim. And and they got the double blessing, the double portion. You know, that's what they taught. All that wonderful stuff that, that you guys got that the rest of the world doesn't get. I know the FLDS also taught the same thing. They were the light. cream of the cream. The fullness no? of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't show favoritism. You know, the Bible says many times there's no favoritism right. with him. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't want to burst your bubble, but nobody's any better than anybody else. Actually, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and we, we also need to remind you, we've mentioned in past, at past shows, we'll say so again, that God warns anyone who tries for the priesthood. Now, they wouldn't allow the blacks to have the priesthood because they weren't worthy. But mm-hmm. anyone who tries for the priesthood who is not from the lineage of Aaron are imposters, and they have no authority whatsoever. Their claim to priesthood is false and is only an attempt to usurp something God has not allowed for them. There is no authentic priesthood authority in any part of any Mormon religious sect, and that's straight from the Bible. 
Now we're going to go on one of Rulid's comments on Joseph that Joseph Smith made about Jesus is coming again. And this one kind of surprised me. I, you know, I'd heard a lot of this stuff growing up in the Kingston group, but this one kind of surprised me. Okay, if more than half the saints had obeyed this law of polygamy and remained faithful to it, Christ would have come in his glory in the, eight, in the year 1890. Now you say, why, why do you come to that conclusion? The prophet Joseph Smith on the 14th day of February in the year of 1834 said that it was made known to him by a revelation that if the saints would be faithful and go forth and preach the gospel and prune the vineyard for the last time, that 56 years would wind up the scene. Okay. Now, I had heard this before, but I had not heard that they blamed it on the people that he didn't come back because they didn't live polygamy. I hadn't heard that part of it. But you know what Rulin Allred did here is he, again, he misquoted. He misquoted what Joseph Smith said. Oh. Now, but he, before we talked about his misquote from what the Bible says, now he's misquoting Joseph Smith's comment. Uh, I did a search on the quote, and I found several places where it had been quoted. Okay. And actually, it was misquoted by uh, the LDS, by polygamists, and by others as well. And it's misquoted here by Rulin Allred. Next, we are to believe, are, are we supposed to believe, all people, all people on the planet, are we supposed to believe that Jesus' return depends upon people living or not living polygamy? We were always taught that. If we raise the bar, if we're not righteous enough, it was all up to us whether he was coming back or not. Being righteous enough. It's funny, the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say that at all. In fact, the Bible tells us when, it, when everybody gets so wicked is when he's coming back, not when they get so righteous. But uh, next thing, that some of the quotes I, I read, you know, when I searched for this quote, said that this was revealed in 1834, and then others said that it was, that Joseph Smith said it in 1835, which is inconsequential, except that if it was a true revelation, it would have had a direct bearing on the date of Jesus' second coming, and that is important. Now, we want to show you yes. how Rulin Allred <laughs> misquoted this particular so-called revelation. He misquoted Joseph Smith. This is how it reads in the official history of the church. President Smith then stated that the meeting had been called because God had commanded it, and it was made known to him by vision and by the Holy Spirit. It was the will of God that they should be ordained to the ministry and go forth to prune the vineyard for the last time. For the coming of the Lord, which was nigh, even 56 years should wind up the scene. President then called up all of those who went to Zion, if they were agreed, with him in the statement that, in, with this, in, sorry, with him in the statement which he, made, he had made to arise, and they all arose and stood upon their feet. Okay, so there's nothing about polygamy in this. No. Had nothing to do with polygamy. The Allred said it did. No, it was uh, it was Zion's camp, right? He was calling people to Zion's to, camp. It should be ordained to the ministry and go forth mm -hmm. uh, for the last time. And they haven't gone forth for the last time. They've gone forth and gone forth and gone forth and gone forth. Clear up to today, they're still going forth. But he did say uh, 56 years, and it would be the winding right, up scene. Right, right, so but had he nothing took to, that. And had nothing to do with polygamy, but right. Rulin took it, twisted it, put it in his own statement, and said Joseph has said it, and he didn't. Wow. Didn't say it yeah. at all. Okay? Yes. 56 years should wind up the scene, so Jesus should have come already. 
according to Joseph Smith. But you know what? We've always said this. Time is the enemy of every false prophet. Mm-hmm. Because when they, when they put a time on something and it doesn't happen, he's a false prophet. And there's no two ways about it. Um, he didn't return in 1890. So obviously, according to what Ruland said, the Mormons were not properly living the law of polygamy. Either way, it renders Joseph Smith the false prophet and Ruland the false prophet, uh, according to Deuteronomy. Now, he added words to Joseph Smith's revelation. He changed words to the Bible revelation that we quoted, and uh, it made him also a false prophet. For anybody in the AUB who may be watching this, any change that, uh, that to God's word or any prophecy made that didn't come to pass in his time frame makes him a false prophet. Whether you want to believe that or not, it's still true. Jesus, by the way, will come back at the right time, whenever that might be, and it will be in his timing and is not contingent upon the loyalty of polygamists to their doctrine of spiritualized adultery. Now, it's funny that polygamists do this. They're big on end time stuff. And you've told me about some of the things that the AUB, the Kingsters did the same thing. The FLDS, when the Olympics were coming, Warren Jess moved everybody down south, you know, because this was the end days and and Jesus was coming back and the earth was going to be destroyed. The United States, God was going to destroy the country and blah, blah, blah. Never happened. And mm-hmm. and several times uh, he, Ruland Jeffs, predicted the destruction oh, and yeah. it never happened. And people still believed he was a prophet. Mm-hmm. Even Ruland in some of his sermons would say, you know, the coming is like at our doors. It's it could happen any day, and so we were always, I I felt always fearful that you know mm-hmm. the destructions were coming. And you know when that volcano went off and there was like ash all over Montana. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh my gosh, Mount Montana. Saint Helens, yes, yeah. I thought it was the end of the world mm. because that's what we had, we we'd been trained to believe. Mm-hmm. I was probably mm-hmm. eight or nine. But, um, yeah, they were always, it was fear that ruled us. Mm-hmm. Fear, fear. Big time in Mormonism, big time fear. Well, we've got another part to do that we're going to do next time, uh, part four of this series. And Karen will be back to share with us then. Thanks, Karen. Thank you for having me. You know, when Joseph Smith started Mormonism, he introduced a law of consecration called the United Order. It didn't work. When Brigham Young brought the polygamous West, he also tried the United Order, and it didn't work. But when the Mormon fundamentalists began forming and organizing into separate groups, they made it into one of their laws. Most of the polygamy groups are formed into United Order. In plain words, it's just religious communism. The leaders of all get all the goodies, and the members get all the poverty. Someone said that political com- com- pon- political communism is, quote, they'll take all the property and tell the people, you own nothing and be happy about it. And they will obey and be happy about it. That's the mindset and the mind control that polygamy groups wield over their members. But Jesus came to set us free. You'll find no place in biblical scripture where God decrees giving all your property to leaders of private groups who give back in a very stingy fashion bits and pieces of their accumulated wealth. Why not stop trusting men and just turn to God who is good, he's honest, he's faithful and generous in all his blessings. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? 
with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.